I'm Dr. Brian Goldman, host of the CBC podcast, The Dose. Each week, we answer vital health questions that will help you thrive, like, what does my mental health have to do with my gut? How can I prevent melanoma? How much sleep do I really need? And how can I manage my health without a family doctor? I chat with the top experts to bring you the latest evidence in plain language, all in about 20 minutes. Find The Dose on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm David Common, sitting in for Ian Hennemansing this week. Welcome to Checkup's Ask Me Anything podcast. And today that means you're about to hear our AMA about car theft. Last year in 2022, there was over a billion dollars worth of vehicles that were stolen across Canada. My Toyota SUV was stolen off and the police told me that the VIN number was duplicated by a dishonest person at the garage who reproduced keys and then they used the keys to open the door and drive the car away. Much easier to sell 15 cars on the black market than it is to sell 15 keys of cocaine or 15 illegal guns. Well, you've heard a few of the statistics on vehicle theft coming in this country during that intro. In Toronto alone, the number of vehicle thefts last year was triple what it was in 2015. The number of thefts recorded last year in Ontario and Quebec up nearly 50% compared to just the year before. And the national recovery rate for stolen vehicles in Canada, that's only about 57%. It's all the focus of this week's Ask Me Anything. Our AMA guest is Brian Gast. He is the Vice President of Investigative Services Division at Equité Association. It is an organization that investigates crimes on behalf of insurance companies, uh, things like fraud, but also vehicle theft. And he's a former police officer with the Ontario Provincial Police. Here are a few highlights from that show. Glad to have you here, Brian. Um, okay, you and I have talked before because uh, I, as a journalist, have done a fair bit of work on on car thefts, and I know some of the answer to this question, but why is it that the last seemingly three, four years, auto theft has just completely taken off in this country? Yeah, really, it's it's a an issue that's happened over the last several years, uh, really in the last two or three years. It's really taken a jump, really since covid uh, where there's a supply chain issue, there was a lack of uh, vehicles globally, and uh, Canada started being targeted for their vehicles. Organized crime uh, is largely behind it. A lot of our vehicles that are stolen in Ontario and Quebec are f- being stolen for export, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where you really see the significant jump. Okay, and I know that because, um, as you know, I, I went off to the West African country of Ghana and found um, a whole bunch of cars that uh, used to be in Canadian driveways on Canadian streets with Canadian drivers and got stolen and uh, ended up there. That's just one of the countries they, they have ended up in. Why is it seemingly so easy when we look at these videos on YouTube and social media People are stealing these cars in a matter of seconds. Why is it so easy? Yeah, I mean, we look at the vehicles themselves. Uh, in 2007, vehicles, uh, Transport Canada mandated that there, there be a standard for anti-theft devices in vehicles. Uh, at that time, thefts in Canada dropped dramatically. Uh, but since then, since 2007, criminals have been finding ways to find vulnerabilities in those technologies. So really... The vehicles that are at risk are most vehicles because it's pushed to start button vehicles uh, using the the 
the technology to their advantage, looking for vulnerabilities, and then using the methods in which they steal them. We talked about this before. You did a great job with your with your report in, in Ghana, and a lot of those vehicles would be all the, the targeted vehicles that we're seeing every day, the SUVs, the pickup trucks, the luxury, luxury sedans. Those are what the market is overseas, and that's what's being stolen here in Canada, and they've They've uh, they've had the tools, they have the technology, and uh, they're getting faster and faster. Uh, the, what used to be done at two, three, four, five o'clock in the morning because they needed extra time, they are so efficient and quick at it now that they'll do it in broad daylight, and it just takes a mere seconds to do. Okay, so this is a national show, but I know that those vehicles for export are being stolen primarily from cities. Uh, that have access to a port. If they're being exported, they got to get to a ship. And so that means Toronto, Ottawa, Montreal, Vancouver. What about thefts that are happening in other cities, in other areas? Yeah, so a, a trend that we have been seeing, so even if you're not in the Ontario-Quebec region, uh, we're starting to see uh, these organized crime groups targeting vehicles in Calgary, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver, and then um, taking different methods to get them to the eastern ports. Uh, yes, they go to the western ports too, but primarily the vehicles that we're seeing that are being exported, like Ghana, like uh, West Africa, like Africa, Middle East, uh, they are going out to the eastern ports. So again, those are the, the, I would say, the largest bucket of vehicles that are being stolen, but also the revinning. That's a So revinning is an issue uh, coast to coast, uh, and it's uh, where they're stealing vehicles, they're revinning, so putting a new vehicle identification number on the public locations uh, and then having that vehicle registered and then either using it within their own organized crime group or what's even more concerning is selling it to the unsuspecting consumer where they think they're buying a good used vehicle when in fact it's a stolen vehicle that's tried to be legitimized through the uh, the revinning process and the criminals uh, will obviously profit off that. So it's a significant uh, profit margin. And then, I mean, I would say the third bucket would be vehicles that are being stolen uh, and stripped as parts. So at a chop shop, uh, they're being stripped down, sold piece by piece, and again, very lucrative as well. So there's many reasons to steal vehicles. No longer is it uh, just for the sake of a joyride. Yes, that still happens. But uh, what's really jumped is the, uh, the these organized crime groups, professional criminals that are using vehicle crimes to further their their criminal operations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would never say that vehicle crime is just a property crime. It's a victimless crime. It's so much more than that. It's uh, these organized crime groups are profiting significantly, and uh, they're funding their their criminal activities. Yeah, a billion dollars of vehicles just last year. Okay, I have a million more questions, Brian, that I would ask you, but uh, that's not my job here. We should be getting to other people's <laughs> questions, and I'm going to turn uh, to that first question. Let's head to Whitehorse, Yukon, and, and talk to Kendra Morris, um, because that's not an area that you, you tend to hear about for vehicle for uh, or theft for export. Kendra, what's your experience? Uh, I got my car stolen July 5th, mm-hmm. and I was lucky enough to get it back the next day out of gas. Out of gas, okay. Any damage? Not so much. Uh, they stripped all my. They took, they took all my tools, and uh, you know, they left my radio. They took all my tools and all that, and uh, they they roughed it up pretty good. But it still drives. So it still drives. Uh, okay. Yeah. And uh, I'm a senior, so if I lost my car, I'd be walking the rest of my life. Yeah, that's no good. And uh, just to lose no. your tools, that's an inconvenience too. Yeah. 
uh, I, I had one door that wouldn't lock. Uh, it's now fixed. Uh, keep your car locked. Don't leave anything in sight. And, and my car is 93, so they'll steal anything, you know? Yeah, well, you've kept it well, yeah. if that's the case, yeah. All right, well, thank you very much. You know, Laura has texted us with a question, uh, and a question that I have heard a lot um, since we started uh, covering this story, that if the majority of vehicles are ending up on ships, why don't the Mounties and the insurance companies team up to see what gets on the ships? Now, that's that's Laura's question. I know you do actually do that, um, Brian, but there's still thousands of vehicles that are getting through and, and getting through quite quickly. Um, why can't it be stopped at the ports? And a lot of it comes to pure volume. Uh, the, the actual, the, the amount of commerce that's leaving the ports. We have very good relationships with uh, the RCMP liaison officers, CBSA at the various ports. And it's just how to, how can we support uh, CBSA to be able to use it as a priority, vehicle crimes as a a priority, uh, provide uh, the ability to collaborate, work together, private-public partnerships, just exactly like the questions asked, where you have the uh, law enforcement, private industry, CBSA, with all our our international partners, trying to curb this activity, because as you said earlier, it's it's seemingly so easy to get vehicles out of the country. So if we can shut down that supply and demand, uh, that will go a long way to uh, curbing some of these uh, thefts for profit that are being exported. Hey, my name is Jamie Poisson, and I'm the host of FrontBurner. It's the CBC's daily news podcast. And every day we're discussing the big events and fault lines shaping Canada and the world. Politics, economics, social movements, you name it. Sometimes we even talk about really fun stuff like the enduring relevance of Lord of the Rings. You can hear Frontburner on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's go to Newmarket, Ontario. Um, that's an area that has been hit an awful lot, particularly anywhere around the GTA and particularly around highways. Andrew Vatichansky, um has a question. Hi, Andrew. Hello, hello. I know you, you say you've tried the Faraday bag. That's the thing that's supposed to prevent the radio signal. Tell me, have you had much luck with it? Uh, let me tell you. So uh, I uh, read initially that uh, York Regional Police has great initiative to distribute Faraday bags among households. Yes, they were giving that, them away, yeah. That's why I thought, why not to help uh, York Regional Police and to come to their location and think time take uh, one or two bags for my cars. Mm-hmm. Um, I got it. All is good. Thank you very much, police. And same time, what I'm a little bit surprised uh, that uh, when I put my key pops for my cars inside the Faraday bag and have it already, let's say, closed, engine can still start if Faraday bag is mm-hmm. inside of the car. So just please explain how it works. I understand it should prevent radio signal to go out uh, from inside of Faraday back, but it looks like it works so perfectly. Okay, I, I'm going to turn this over to Brian in a second, but just one follow-up, because I, I know the kind of model of the Faraday bags that the York Regional Police were, were handing out there. I assume you were closing the top of it, right? That, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, of course. Okay, um, let me, uh, Andrew, thank you for your call. Let me turn that to Brian. Faraday bags, Brian, uh, that, that doesn't sound like it should be happening. No, it doesn't. And it, it's it's a good consideration to make. 
and uh, an assumption would be the, the bags that Peel Region was giving in York Region uh, would, would be well tested and, and and do what they do. And what you said about making sure the top is it was closed is a good reminder. If used properly and it's a quality Faraday pouch, uh, it should not uh, be able to emit anything. The vehicle should not start if you're if you're uh, if you're in close proximity to it by. Uh, but I say that as a cautionary tale that, uh, again, everybody tries to make a buck whenever there's a crisis. And the number of Faraday pouches that are available online, some are no better than a paper bag. And uh, be careful what you, you purchase. But the fact is, this one's from uh, York Region. Uh, it, it should be one of the ones that uh, is highly effective. But uh, again, I, I haven't actually seen that one, and I'd have to look at it. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly that um, that shouldn't be happening. Uh, but uh, right. good that Andrew did the the work there to see yeah. because you if you put the 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 key in a Faraday bag and walk up to your car and it's got the keyless entry. Um, the moment you try to open your door, the door should not open. And if it does, then that Faraday Correct. bag is no good. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, one thing when when we have, uh, in our own journalism here, looked at the vehicles that are being stolen, if I look in Ontario, for instance, the purely electric vehicles, very, you know, almost none of them are being stolen. Um, that is because of the, there's no market for them in some of the countries that they're being exported to. There's no charging infrastructure, so they're, they're not necessarily being stolen. Um, but we're also seeing interesting trends around, um, vehicles that have keys to start them, that those too don't seem to be stolen as much. And we've got the convenience, Brian, of uh, keyless entry, keyless start, just push to start and all of that, but um, you talk to vehicle manufacturers. Are they thinking that convenience is coming at a cost? Yeah, I mean, convenience is definitely something that consumers want, and uh, I think there's alternatives to make the vehicle still uh, harder to steal. I go back to my early days in policing, uh, free, so it would be after 2000 or 1989, where vehicles were stolen, just had a key. Again, there's ways to do it. You just break the steering column and you use a screwdriver to steal the car. So there's there's still ways to do that. Uh, so I'm not suggesting that we go back to the key, but I think that manufacturers can do more to be able to uh, make it harder to steal. Like what's one uh, thing? What's one thing? What's, what's, what's one thing they could do? Well, basically, a vehicle now is a one big computer. So making authentication to make sure that uh, you know um there, there there's it's sort of like a computer where you, you need a passcode to be able to get that without that passcode you can't start the car mm-hmm. and, and i've always said that uh you spend 70 dollars on a vehicle and then you still have to get an aftermarket immobilizer that protects against relay attacks can bus attacks and uh relay attacks um and uh, having those protections in the in the vehicle OEM mm-hmm. uh, would go a long way, so the consumer isn't burdened with extra costs to protect their own vehicle after they just bought a new vehicle. Okay, you know, if you're buying it online, I guess online reviews, uh, as much as you can trust yeah. them, are the things to to rely on. Um, unfortunately, as Brian says, there are garbage ones out there on the market. If you buy it from a store and it's no good, like test it right away. If it's no good, take it back. Okay, let's uh, go to Mississauga, Ontario, another area that is hit hard. Um, Peel Regional Police, uh, which police that area, uh, one of the you know the the 
leading police agencies in the country in terms of their understanding of auto theft and their ability to combat it. Um, Aftab Khan, though, um, you, uh, your father-in-law had his car stolen, um, and you did something to that car before it was stolen. Tell me about that. That's correct. Yeah. So uh, last year in wintertime, yeah, we were visiting my father-in-law's house, and he, you know, I gave him a Apple AirTag as a gift, and I told him to put it in the car because I knew there, you know, these Toyota cars were being stolen. And we did that, and he had it on for a couple months or so. And then we were coming, we, you know, we had a good night's dinner, and then the next day the car was gone. And then by the time we saw where the Apple AirTag was, it was already on its way to Montreal, Quebec area. And we couldn't retrieve the car. Yeah, and presumably getting on a ship. So this exactly. is yeah, this is quite something. It's got to be have to have quite frustrating that you know where the car is. You know that it's likely heading exactly. for a ship, and once it's on that ship, it's pretty well gone. But yeah. boy, is that frustrating. Um, mm-hmm. You you told the police, and yet they still weren't able to stop it. No, they couldn't. They couldn't do anything because it's outside of Ontario at that time. So mm. you know, they were like, oh, we'll you know, we'll reach out to Quebec police or whoever is local police there, and then we couldn't do anything. And I mean, I did have a question for Brian as well. I know I we yeah. back to shipping for a car again. So do, does he recommend getting Toyotas again, or do we ship for like a Kia or something? Okay, Aftab, I, I, I'm going to put that question to Brian. Sure. And Brian, I think part of the reason, so it's a Toyota that got stolen. Um, Toyotas are highly sought um, in, in many of these destination countries, these receiving countries, um, Toyota, Lexus, uh, have been stolen quite a bit. Um, what uh, what do you think when you're when you're looking to buy a car? Do you uh, do you review those most stolen brands? Yeah, and every so we're coming up to our annual top ten list, and uh, this top ten stolen vehicles uh, nationally and regionally. And I always recommend consumers look at that and make an informed choice as to uh, the the likelihood that their vehicle may be stolen. Um, and I think that's a good consideration to make. And uh, they they do change. They they do bounce around. There's always some ones that are con- consistently in the top ten, but uh, they change as manufacturers uh, work to find um, remedies. Um, there there's still a number a number of vehicles that are that are continue to be in the top ten that uh, hopefully will, will change. I do want to comment about that AirTag. Mm. I think that's a great idea. We're working to get better. We're working to collaborate uh, uh, multi-jurisdictionally with the CBSA law enforcement uh, and, and our organization to be able to uh, locate a lot of those trackers, whether it be an aftermarket or an OEM or a air tag. But I always give the caution, don't track it yourself. Make sure you turn that information over to police because that information may fit very, very well with other information and mm-hmm. never put yourself in harm's way uh, to retrieve your vehicle. That's just a, a disaster that uh, potentially could happen. Okay, Brian Gass from Equité, we're talking about auto theft. we got uh, less than a minute left here, so I'm going to just ask one thing from you more, and that is what, this is obviously a complex problem, but what, needs to happen to make a real dent in this growing problem? Yeah, so that is a complex problem, and it's a complex answer, but really uh, limiting the vehicles that are that are exporting. So, uh, again, doing what we can do to support the CBSA, public safety, making it a priority, that would really shut down the demand. Uh, if vehicles aren't as easily um, remedied or, or being able to be exported, that, mm-hmm. that goes a long way. And I think the enforcement I, with the government of Ontario 
recently adding the um, the provincial auto theft team with dedicated prosecutors, and then these criminals will be tried for the seriousness of the of these vehicle crimes as opposed to just a property crime. I think that's a, a significant deterrent as well. So really adding deterrence criminally, as well as making it harder to get the vehicles out of the country and having the vehicle itself harder to steal in the first place mm-hmm. is, a, is a great place to start. All right. And we will leave it there. Brian Gass from Equite, thank you so much. That was a portion of Cross Country Checkups AMA about auto theft with Brian Gast. He's the Vice President of Investigative Services Division at Equite Association. If you'd like to listen to yesterday's full two-hour edition of Cross Country Checkup, you can stream the podcast on the CBC Listen app. And if you want to share comments or appear on the show, just go to cbc.ca slash aircheck. I'm David Common. Thanks for listening. The next live edition of Checkup airs on CBC Radio, CBC News Network, and CBC News Explore. That is next Sunday. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.